Welcome to episode 146 of the Daniel Yoris podcast. Eight lessons from James Smith and Chris Williamson. Let's go. About 24 hours ago, I was sitting in a theater downtown Toronto listening to James Smith and Chris Williamson, who are two people that you should know, and I'd take a guess that you do know who they are. James Smith is a big name in the fitness industry. He's a personal trainer, one of what I would call, quote unquote, the good guys um, in fitness. And uh, he's done a lot for the industry and for himself, very successful and all that. Uh, Chris Williamson is the host of the Modern Wisdom Podcast, which is a massive, massive podcast with some of the biggest guests in the world right now. Um, And I look up to both of them. Both of them are people who are doing things that I want to do. Obviously, I want to do things my way and, you know, my own ways of doing things, um, but they're in the industries that I am in and I have people that I look up to and learn a lot from. So when James announced however many months ago it was that he was coming to Toronto to do some tour, which I knew nothing about and wasn't sure what it was or really what to expect, I said, sure, I'll be there. And uh, and then Chris was later added to the tour. And so they were here in Toronto uh, last night, Sunday night, and... I went, uh, you know, if you've been kind of following along and following on social media, you know that I've made more of an effort this year to get out to some, to various in-person events for networking and just for being around more people in the industry and like-minded people and learning from people directly versus uh, always virtually. And there's a certain, an energy uh, that comes from from these things. It's not just the, the, the tidbits that you learn and the little nuggets here and there, like those are great and awesome. And, and, and of course, you know, the a big reason why you go to these things, but a lot of it is just to just to meet people and not necessarily even the people that you are going there to see. Like I'm not going to this event. I didn't go to the event last night thinking I'm gonna get a an hour to, you know, chat with James or chat with Chris about podcasting or chat with James about training and YouTube and these things and like th- this is not the intention. Like if that happened, awesome. But like, you know, that's not everyone else going to the event and three, 400 people, whatever it was, is thinking the same thing. They, they can't take that much time to individually speak to, to every person, but you know, you get your, you get your couple minutes or your, you know, your minute with them, take a selfie, say something nice. And, and, uh, and that's that. So anyways, that was, uh, that was last night. That was great. And I learned a lot from it and would like to now share that with you. Now, these things that I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to spin them I'm spinning the lessons that we learned from them last night to be more relatable to your fitness. Otherwise, this is just me making a diary episode uh, that has, you know, maybe it's interesting to you, but I don't think it would be that interesting. So the lessons that, that they, they, you know, they spoke about a lot of things. Um, some of it was fitness related, you know, James' stuff. Um, and then a lot of it was more like, you know, just just business in general, kind of like life, personal development kind of stuff. Um, and so I took a lot of, away personally but again i'm going to take these eight lessons that that i've you know made notes on and i'm going to spin them into fitness as uh as i usually do uh for for the podcast now you would know that if you've been listening for a while another thing and i won't spend much time on this uh if you're a regular listener on youtube you'll notice a slightly different setup here i uh pressed the wrong button on the on the lights and i was like oh Hmm, maybe this is good. Maybe this also sucks, but let me just record the episode and then see because sometimes <laughs> it's hard to tell until like after how how good or not good it is, but I don't really love my whole like video setup anyways, so that's something that I'm looking to or this is something that I'm looking to change and upgrade significantly in the semi near future, but it requires a few um 
a few things that are not even necessarily equipment related, just more space related. And anyways, won't get into it too much, but if you notice a different setup, it's not an accident. I'm just, if it's, uh, if, if you really like this, let me know if it sucks. Also let me know. I'm, I'm 50, 50. I won't even know until after I finish recording this. So it's, it's one of the two, either this is cool or it really sucks. Anyways, let's get into it. So lesson number one, this was a big thing that, uh, Chris spoke about um, kind of his the main point of his whole of his whole talk and something that he's posted and, and an idea that I've heard from him online in the past is that doing the thing is the only thing that is doing the thing. He has a whole quote that he kind of goes through that he, that's from him that you know is scheduling time to do the thing is not doing the thing. Telling other people to do the thing is not doing the thing. Dreaming about doing the thing is not doing the thing. Uh, making a game plan or a to-do list about how to do the thing is not doing the thing. The only thing that is doing the thing is doing the thing. The fitness part of this is it's actually very good timing with you know coming up on the end of the year and all the New Year's goals that are going to start coming in and everyone's going to make a, not everyone, but maybe yourself, you're going to make a goal to get in shape for the new year, whether that's working out for the first time or getting more serious about your fitness goals or setting new fitness goals. You want to hit a a new level of leanness. You want to hit a new level of strength. You want to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is you want to do. It's all great. Having goals and, and, you know, imagining things and working out the plan, all that stuff. It's all amazing. The only thing that actually matters is getting it done. You can tell I've had tons of people over time through Instagram, through whatever, tell me, yeah, I'm, I'm really going to get in shape. I'm going to get going to the gym. I have a plan. I've got new workout clothes. I'm going to get to the gym uh, four times a week, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday at 3.30 p.m. Uh, you know, they have the, the, the perfect plan all laid out. Two weeks go by. Like, did you do it? Like, no, no, I'm just like waiting for this one thing. Like one more supplement is coming in that I bought. And it's like, okay, cool. Next week, you know, goes by. Did you do the, did you Did you get going? Like, how's it going? Oh no, I'm just waiting for this. And then eventually it just, you know, fizzles out. And then they didn't actually do the thing. They didn't actually go to the gym and start, you know, doing the thing to get in, to get in shape. So the lesson here is this for fitness, for anything, but for fitness, it's great to plan. It's great to try and optimize your plan, make a perfect schedule, make a perfect, make a perfect plan. I'm repeating myself now, but make the perfect plan. You can you can you can analyze things for hours and try and figure out what's perfect. The perfect thing is the thing that you're actually doing. An imperfect action is always going to be the perfect plan that doesn't work out. One thing that I often say to clients and like enrollment calls and stuff when we're getting going, it's like we need to work on a schedule of workouts that's actually going to work for you. I can write you a program that will be fit for an Olympic athlete, for a professional level athlete. If you don't do it, it is not going to help you at all. The only thing that's going to help you is the thing that you actually stick to. So if that means three times a week, 30-minute workouts max, okay, then we'll work with that. And then we'll work on uh, making the goals realistic to what's actually happening and something that's going to come up a little later. But if you are not actually going to do the thing, nothing's going to happen. So always keep that in mind. Planning is great. Doing is better. Lesson number two. There was a, a fancy term that um, that James used to describe this, and I don't recall what it was, and it was an idea that he had stolen from Chris anyways, who had stolen it from some author or researcher of some something or other, um, which are all ideas, really. There's very few original, like truly, truly like original ideas, and, and, and you get into like, it's not plagiarism, and I don't want to say that it is in any way, but 
understanding that like there's very few ideas and like everything is iterations of of themselves or of other things um and so that and that's cool but anyways it was this concept of open and closed loops and these you know one and two go go hand in hand here james was explaining how you know a, a simple idea of like when you when you think about something you've now opened like this thought loop in your head okay so if you think about um what was the example that he used if you if you locked the if you locked the door you go for dinner and did i did i lock the door at home oh shit i don't know and it's like it's on your mind it's on your mind it's on your mind it's just eating away at you you can't remember if you locked the door you're not sure you're trying to be present and enjoy your dinner out or your your, your night out with your friends and you can't remember if you locked the door finally you you know you call your neighbor go you know to go check the house make sure the door's locked okay it's locked cool you, you know you've now closed that thought loop of things that are that are happening now we can extrapolate this into plans that you had or have again fitness let's, let's i'm always going to try and take it back there but you can extrapolate these ideas into into go into whatever other life things are applicable for you at the moment that you're listening to this the loop of i'm going to get in shape i'm going to go to the gym i'm going to start a diet once you have that thought there's there's a thought i believe it's ralph waldo emerson and the, the the quote is something to the effect of a man's mind can never go back to its original form once stretched by a new idea i paraphrase that but it's something like that and and it very well applies to this right once you open that loop of i want to get in shape boom now that's in your head until you start going back to number 1 doing the things to get yourself in shape to get yourself leaner to get yourself stronger to get yourself healthy that thought loop is just eating away at you and eating away and eating away. And this can be a form of anxiety, right? It's it's worrying about something that you're not doing or anticipation of an action that you're not taking or anticipation of an outcome that you are looking for, but you're not taking action on the thing to do it. So when you have these thoughts, close the loops on them. Don't leave open loops. And the more loops you can close, the more clear your mind is going to be, which was really like the, the, the essence of what he was talking about is, you know, when these things come up, close them, get them done right away. You have an idea for a video, get it done right away. You have an idea for an article that you're going to write or something you're going to do, get it done and then move on. And the fitness thing is, is a perfect analogy with this. It's like people stress about getting in shape and like, oh, I've been so anxious about about my weight and about this and about want, wanting to do something and the way I look in a dress and the way I look in a, in a pair of pants or you know I'm going on vacation you know in the winter time and haven't been really beach body ready but I, now I'm going on a beach vacation and got to be shirt off on the beach and I'm anxious about it and I'm not sure what to do about it it's like that loop is open close that loop by doing the things you need to do to close that loop that's the that's the answer there whether that means really getting in shape doing the things hiring a coach following that diet plan whatever it is Close the loop on the things because they're just going to eat away at you until you actually get them done. Lesson number three. Insecurities can be powerful. James went on a on a bit of a I was gonna say tirade, but that's not the that's not the right word. A bit of like um a thought loop of like how certain insecurities actually helped him basically get to to where he was. And it was like, you know, he wasn't didn't didn't love his job, so he became a trainer didn't didn't love the way that he was training in the gym and and the way things were working out with that so started posting stuff online but then wasn't confident in his it was insecure about the quality of his content so got better at got better educated then got 
better educated, but was insecure about something else. And then, and then it just kept building on each other and use those insecurities in a way to like, okay, this is the next step of my evolution. Again, let's bring this back to fitness. You're insecure about the way you look, the way your body looks in, in clothes, the way your body looks without clothes, the way your body feels, the way your body performs, acts on a day-to-day basis in intimate situations. That sucks. And that seems maybe silly to say. It's it's very hard to be insecure about those things. However, it can also be a sign of this is what you should do next. Insecure about the way you look. Okay. We can change that to, to a degree. You know, we can't. The gym is powerful. It's not going to change the structure of your face. Sorry. <laughs> we can change the way that your body looks. We can change the way that your body feels. We can change the way that your body performs. We can make you stronger. We can make you more resilient, more physically resilient and psychologically resilient. But we can make these changes. So if you're insecure, I don't want to say lean into them because that may be taken the wrong way, but identify the insecurity. Where does it come from? What actually is it? Is it an insecurity of wearing that t-shirt? Is the solution to get a different t-shirt? Or is the solution or is the actual insecurity your belly? And therefore the solution is, well, let's change that. So identify the way that your insecurities, identify what the insecurities are, identify how they affect you. And then the, the, the solution is right there. You at least know the solution is not right there. Problem is too strong of a word, but the problem is is there, and then you can work on finding an, a solution for that specific problem, rather than ah, I just don't feel good. I don't I don't want to go out to dinner. I don't want to go out with friends. I don't want to go out on dates. I don't want to you know whatever it is. Well, that's not really the thing. Find out what the thing is, then you can work on a solution to that thing. So. Lean into your insecurities a little bit, identify what they are, and then use them to improve yourself overall. Lesson number four. This is a little bit of a longer-winded one and something that I've spoken about in various podcast episodes in the past, but the framing that um, Chris was talking about with this one was with aligning yourself when you're aiming at something, when you're trying to achieve something, you want to align yourself with the goal, right? You want to be fit. Okay. You, you align yourself with someone who is fit. You want to be rich, align yourself with the values of someone, uh, of someone who is rich and the qualities that it takes to, to get there. But the other thing, the, or the other side of that is also aligning yourself with the costs, the downsides, the negatives of getting the thing that you want, because it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows, right? It's one thing to say you want to be you want to look like Chris Bumstead. You want to be as jacked and lean and Mr. Olympia, five times Mr. Olympia, Chris Bumstead. Okay, great goal. I would love that. However, do you know what it takes to actually get there? Are you willing to pay the price? Do you know how hard he has to work out to get there? Do you know how how diligently he has to diet? Do you know the substances that he has to use? Do you know all of the things, the financial costs as well as like the effort costs and all of the downsides, all of the stuff that he doesn't love doing that sucks about that job, that profession, that pursuit, because there are downsides to every single thing. I love my job. I love what I do, but 
yeah, there's there's some stuff that I don't like doing about it. If you can be aligned with those things and willing to accept those costs and maybe even perceive those costs as not as bad as someone else might, you've got a way bigger shot at at making that goal. So the fitness version of this, I, I use Chris Bumps that I should have used someone else to, <laughs> to, to to make it less clear. But um, the fitness version of this is when you look at someone who is in extremely good shape, your favorite fitness influencer, fitness model, uh, you know, whoever, a favorite athlete, all that stuff. Understand that wanting to look like that is is okay on the surface, but you have to understand what it takes to get to that body or that level of performance or that goal. Because oftentimes, like it's not something that you are willing and able to do especially with celebrities you have to always remember they have access to way more resources than you do and i say resources specifically because it's not just a money thing plenty of people have enough money to hire a coach and and get a fancy gym membership and get meals cooked and all this stuff resources are like access to stuff access to certain doctors access to certain substances access to uh faster um procedures and 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 various things and and various equipment and various entry into various things and of the sort celebrities and high profile people have access to these things they have more resources than you and 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 that's okay but you have to understand that so what they've done in the amount of time that they've done it it may not be possible for you to do listen to what i said again it's not that what they did is impossible it may be what they did in the amount of time there was a woman who had sent me some photos of I don't remember who they who was who it is now, but some celebrity who had had a, a baby, and um, she's like, "Well, why can't?" And she had the the woman who had sent this to me had also recently had a baby. She said, "Why why don't I look like this yet? Like I'm working out, I'm doing the things. I'm like, you don't have all the stuff that she has. She has uh, probably a live a live in chef, daily various manual therapists in the house. Um, who knows what type of plastic surgery or or other procedures or other uh, medical interventions. So your body will bounce back. Again, talking about you know postpartum. Your body will bounce back, maybe just not as fast as hers, and that's okay. The other end of this is not necessarily about the speed, but it's like, what does it take to get there? It's not necessarily only about are you able, because for the most part, you probably are able to reach those goals. You want to get, like Chris Bumstead is... It's a bad example because genes do, do do play a factor. But do you want to get like super lean and super jacked? You probably don't want to get like that lean and jacked, like, you know, top level bodybuilder level. But like, do you want to get, you know, let's call it 8% body fat and, you know, bench 300 pounds or something like that? Yeah, like you could you could do that. Like that's a, a tough goal, but like, I mean, it's not impossible by, by any means. However, do you know what it takes to get there? Like, do you know how much time it takes? Do you know how much effort? Do you know how much training? How many pizza nights out you have to say no to? How many late nights out you have to say no to? How many times you have to turn down a, a delicious meal? How many things like that, That you're, how many sacrifices you're going to have to make in order to get that goal? Once you understand that, then you can accurately say whether or not 
you are willing and able to do the things that it takes to get what you want. So always keep that in mind when setting fitness goals. It's okay to be ambitious. It's it's okay to kind of you know aim for the aim for the moon or whatever whatever <laughs> analogy you want to use there. It's okay to do that. Just understand and be realistic that you might be setting yourself up for failure if you're setting a goal that you are not in fact willing and able to achieve. And this is something that I do with clients a lot is like they will say something and and it's it's hard to know what it actually takes to get the thing that you want. I, I'm I'm well aware of that because clients will say to me all the time stuff like this, like, hey, I want to look like send me a picture of a some guy. Like I want to look like this. I'm like, well, mm, this is what you're going to have to do to look like that. And like, oh, shit. Well, like, not really going to do that. Like, okay, that's that's fine then. We just have to adjust the goals. So it's worth trying to find a way to evaluate what it really takes to get there and trying to understand. And someone who's like, you know, educated about fitness and nutrition and, and health and whatever training is going to be your best bet of asking them like, hey, are my goals legit or am I just, am I dreaming here? So reach out to me, reach out to other people. It's fine. Um, and, and ask us to help evaluate your goals and let you know at least a frame, at least a, a general sense of what it might take. And then you can make the decision on your own, whether or not you're willing and able to, to pay the price to get what you want. So understand that. Lesson number five. This was another thing that Chris was talking about. Someone in the Q and a had asked him about, um, moving basically whether they should the question was framed differently but uh, the gist of the question was like if they should they feel like they should move from canada to like another place and um his answer was you know a little bit more long-winded but the, the gist of it and what, what i took away from it is that if a decision that you need to make and it can be a big decision or a small decision about about anything if the decision is easily reversible then do it and I was like, oh, that's that's pretty powerful. Like moving across, you know, moving different countries is like a difficult thing to do, right? You don't necessarily have to give up your citizenship and, you know, whatever. And if you know anything about citizenships and visas and stuff like that, like it, it can be a nightmare of a process. But if you hate where you move, you can you can move back, right? You don't have to do that. And that was kind of the essence of, uh, of his answer. But let's scale this down to things that are not that big of a deal. Like if you have to make a decision about which gym you should go to. That gym can be easily reversed. You go to first, you go to gym A, uh, you, you find out after a month you hate it, good. You can cancel the gym membership and get out of it and go to gym B. You hire a trainer and turns out, you know, they uh, are not as, you know, they're, they're giving you not what you thought you you wanted. You can fire that trainer and you can go and hire someone else. Like these decisions seem grave and they seem... Um, you know, they don't seem grave, but they seem larger than they are and less reversible than they are. So take a moment to pause and look at the downsides of what you're trying to do. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to start this fitness thing. I'm going to, I'm really going to give a shot at this, like going to the gym. Like the worst thing that could happen is that you absolutely hate it. And it's just like, not for you and you don't like it. And then you just go back to like doing the thing that you're doing now, which is like, probably not a good thing because if you're looking to make a big change, then, you know, there's obviously something you want to change, but stepping into new things is, is scary. And I fully understand. And this is like on full display in January in the gyms that there is a lot of, 
a term that's been coined is gin, gym intimidation, where people are intimidated by stepping into the gym or stepping into the new gym, into a new gym. And this is totally legit. I'm in no way belittling that. That is totally legit. Everyone, not everyone, almost everyone feels this to some degree. Even if as like an experienced gym person, you go to a new gym, you're kind of like, you don't know the vibe. You don't know like what, what, what goes on at this place. There's other people seem friendly and you're like the outsider. There's like a little bit of that going on. Right. And so in January, there's a lot of people who are stepping into the gym for the first time ever. And this is where, you know, a message to you more experienced people who have been in gyms or been at your gym that you're currently working out at for a while. Like you have a big responsibility here that you need to step up and be a leader and show people how it's done. That doesn't mean you need to go out of your way and shake their hand and get to know them and, you know, show them around. And like, you don't need to do that. I mean, by all means, if you want to like, go ahead, I think it's a nice thing to do, but it means put your weights away when you're done working out. It means treat the equipment with respect. Don't be slamming stuff around. Don't make them. If you spill your water bottle by accident, clean it up. Uh, you know, wipe your sweat off the machines, like act in the way that you want other people to act because people who are new to the gym, they don't know how to, what the gym etiquette is. They're just going to follow along what everyone else is doing. If all the experienced people at the gym are throwing weights around, slamming stuff, not putting weights away, not cleaning up after themselves, not, you know, just acting, you know, like, like idiots, then they're just going to think that that's what's normal and that's what we do. And then that's just how this negative culture in gyms gets perpetuated. So it's up to the people who are, who are doing the thing and who are, who have been there to, to show people, but I've definitely got gotten away from <laughs> the main, the main point here. Um, keep in mind that things are not as, are very rarely as permanent as they seem, especially decisions that are in relation to like your health and fitness. Um, almost nothing is permanent. I struggle to even come up with an example of something that would be like irreversible. And so if you're worried about, should I do this or should I do that? Just do one. I think this is where this, this really comes into play. If you're deciding between two programs, two coaches, two different things or three different things or whatever it is, two different diet approaches or whatever it is, flip a coin and do one. And then just roll with it. You can always stop and go back. Now, you don't want to be flip-flopping stuff all the time. You got to see it through all that stuff. But in order to just get started and get the ball rolling, doing the thing, there it is again, you got to just, you have to start. So the the decision is easily reversible. Therefore, just make a decision. Again, flip a coin, ask a friend, doesn't matter. Do one of them. And then if you want to reverse it, you can easily just bow out, go the other direction. That's okay. So Quicker decisions are going to be better. You're going to be more anxious the more you think about making the decision to do the thing. And the only thing that's doing the thing is doing the thing. So make a decision and do the thing. Lesson number six, discipline over motivation. This was, they they both touched on this in in various uh, various ways and largely a a quote or a concept um, adopted from uh, Jocko Willink, discipline equals freedom. And motivation is, um, it's a funny thing because it means different things to different people and it comes from different places. And sometimes motivation is there and you do things and sometimes motivation is not, and you still do it. And whether or not you are motivated when you did it or not, you still did the thing. And in fact, you can even say that, well, if you did what, if you did the thing, 
then you were sufficiently motivated, even though you didn't feel fired up to do it. Like sometimes you, you'll walk into the gym and you're like super fired up to get your, get your workout in. You're just having a great day. You, you know, you listen to your favorite song on the, in the car, on the, on the way in, you maybe saw some, you know, the Rocky <laughs> montage, uh, some motivational video, whatever, something fired you up and you get it in the gym and, and you have a great day. Some days it's, uh, not like that at all. And you just have a regular day. You didn't hear your favorite song, nothing exciting, nothing particularly exciting happened. Um, but you still got in the gym and did your workout. So which one of those were you motivated for? Well, in one definition of motivation, the, the first day when you were all fired up, but you still completed the task. And so motivation was sufficient to complete the task. Now, this is why relying on motivation is is fickle because it's hard to define what it means and we don't fully understand it. So if you rely on discipline to get things done, fitness is the perfect example here, you are much more likely to more reliably get the thing done that you want to get done. If you have in your schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 4 p.m., I'm in the gym, no way fans or butts outside of you know medical emergencies, of which there are not that many, I hope. Then it gets done. If you wait to get that feeling to go to the gym, how often is that going to happen? How reliably is that going to come up? And if it does come up, are you even logistically able to go to the gym at that time? What if you're like super motivated, fired up to go to the gym at 11 a.m., but like you, you, you're at work, you can't. You can't leave. Then what do you do? Do you just not work out that day because you got fired up at 11 a.m. and you're at work and that's it? What well, do you just, is that motivation wasted? No. Instilling the discipline in your schedule, in your setup, in the logistics of your day, these are the things that are going to keep you on track more than anything. Relying on the discipline of reporting into your coach, doing your weekly check ins doing the things, doing the exercises that you're supposed to be doing, not flipping it up every time just, you know, because I didn't feel like doing it that day. Do the things that you need to do even when you don't feel like doing them. Like that's that's what being disciplined is about and this is how you make progress over time. Every single day is not going to feel amazing. Every single day is not going to feel great. Most days are going to feel just okay. Uh, by not feeling amazing, the opposite of not um, the opposite of not amazing is like is terrible. But that doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. Not amazing doesn't mean horrible. Not amazing just means like even kill steady Eddie. It's going to be good. So it'll be fun and still discipline in some way, shape or form. This also ties into accountability, which is a big thing that you need in, in many different scenarios in the gym. It can, it can, it can be, I didn't mean it in many different scenarios. What I meant was there are many different ways to instill accountability. Most obvious with a coach. Many other ways is literally just being accountable to your calendar, being accountable to a gym buddy, a friend who is going to act as like the, Hey, I went to the gym today or like, or you meet them at the gym and you work out together, um, being accountable to your partner or people that you live with in your house, um, being accountable to literally front desk staff at the gym. They just, you know, when they, you don't, you don't want to be the person, <laughs> not that you don't want to be this person, but. Maybe a, even a, a smaller goal, if you must think of accountability this way, is like you don't ever want to get to a point where the front desk staff at the gym is like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Like if you get to that, if they're staying that, 
it's because they haven't seen you in a while because you haven't been going to the gym. Now, you know, it might just been that you haven't gone to the gym when their shift is on and, and all that stuff. And okay, fine. But don't make it to a point where, where people in the gym are saying haven't seen you in a while because they all go at the same time as you. But you've got to find a way to instill the discipline in you. If it's not always there, you have to find ways to, to make it happen. And this really ties into lesson number six, which is about removing as many barriers as possible. One of the things that both both of the guys were talking about was in relation more to like content and like have your setup kind of mostly set up so that you don't have to like do this you know whole one hour setup of things to get a video going or get a podcast going, which I would love to have that set up. I don't have that that flexibility in my in my house right now to have like a current like a little studio setup that I can just come in hit record. If I hit if I had that and I know that if I had that I would I would be able to be able to get more episodes out easily. Um but I don't, and that's okay. Um, I will soon. The fitness aspect of this is there are a lot of barriers to your fitness. It can be as simple as the clothes that you're wearing. Oh, I didn't bring my gym clothes with me to work. Therefore, now I've got to I've got to go home after work and then get my clothes and then go back out to the gym. But if I go inside the house, I know that there's like dishes to be done. There's, you know, my my wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, kids are at home. I'm going to talk to them for a minute. And then by that time, it's like ah, half an hour, 45 minutes has passed. Now there's too much traffic. Then we got to get dinner going. I don't have time to go to the gym, skip the gym. And it's not because you skipped the gym and didn't have time. It's because you didn't bring your gym clothes with you. So removing these barriers is as simple as getting your gym clothes in your bag. Um, choosing a gym that is logistically simple for you to get to. It's on the way to work or on the on the way home or close to your house. It's not like don't choose a gym that's 45 minutes away from you. It's just a recipe for, for disaster. You got to choose a gym that's closest to you um, or, or most convenient for you rather. And and these things can make a, a giant difference. One woman um, who I'm training right now online, uh, we were talking about getting her workouts done in the morning because she was finding that a lot of like she didn't love the idea of working out in the morning before she started work. She's working like 80% from home, which seems to be like the, the case for most kind of corporate people right now. Um, and she's like, yeah, you know, I, I don't love the idea of working out first thing in the morning, but I'm finding that, you know, as things, when things get busy at work or just in, in general, like I, I don't, I plan to work out after work, but then something comes up. You know, I, I have to have a meeting. There's like a file that needs to go out, an email that needs to go out, a report that needs to get done. And I just, I end up spending too much time and, and, and I, and I skip the gym. Like that's the thing that, that suffers because I still got to get home, get dinner going, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, well, we've got to, we got to find some ways to work out in the morning. She's like, I'm not even like not a morning person. Like I wake up early, like that's not the issue. And so we, we kind of found, I'm not going to go through her entire morning routine, but we kind of like nailed down her, her routine in the morning to remove the barriers, which just meant really like her phone. It was keeping phone on do not disturb because once you get sucked into the phone and you get going on your emails or social media or something like that, and then you get, uh, you start wasting time when those things are not urgent, they don't need to be dealt with at that time. You can still do all those things, just don't do it at that time. And so if you avoid getting into the phone, removing that barrier, now all of a sudden you can get into into the basement to work out where she works out or or get to the gym or whatever the thing is for you right but you've got to identify these barriers like what are the things that are actually preventing me and they may be really small things like really insignificant seeming things it's not it's it's oftentimes these small little actions that you can take that like how can i make this 
1% more efficient. And if I make this 1% more efficient, the act of getting into the gym, the act of eating healthier, the act of prepping food, the act of ordering healthier food, ordering groceries, having your vegetables cut up, having your fruits washed, like these little things, they're not giant tasks, but they take a couple minutes and they save you hours. And more than the time that they save you is they actually get you to do the thing that you want to be doing. So you've got to really work on like sit down and do a little bit of a, a you know a time audit on your on your day and say okay I'm not getting to the gym on these days like is is this day one is this day not a good day for me is there a better day or time for me to get to the gym and two what is what is preventing me from it how can I make this simpler find that way remove the barrier and then you'll find that you'll be much more likely to stick to the thing that you want to be doing and then get the thing done so can be a tough exercise for sure definitely helpful to be able to bounce it off someone but an extremely um, extremely effective exercise to identify the barriers uh, in your fitness and, 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 and then remove them. The last lesson, lesson number eight, if you have been a longtime listener of the podcast or follow me on, on Instagram, which you should, by the way. Um, also, if you have been a longtime listener and haven't left a review or left a, a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify, come on, help help your boy out. Come on. So simple. Takes two seconds. Means a lot. Love you. If you've been a long-time listener, you shouldn't be surprised at what this last lesson is going to be. There's a quote that I'll say, and, and you'll get what it is. Consistency doesn't guarantee success, but not being consistent guarantees failure. I thought that was a great way to put it. I'd heard that quote before. Um, I don't know who, I don't remember where it's from or who said it or it doesn't matter. But consistency is unfortunately still the number one thing. They spoke with this in the context of, you know, business and, and Chris with podcasting and I had a quick chat with him about podcasting and he's on episode, you know, whatever hundreds of episodes he's on. We're on episode 146 here and one a week. It's what I committed to. I'm not at pro level, I haven't gone pro in the podcasting space yet to be upping that or majorly upping the, the the video production quality, all that stuff. But we're getting there. But consistency is the most important thing, right? Just because you go to the gym three times a week doesn't mean that you're going to get jacked and lean, unfortunately. But if you don't go to the gym at all, don't eat healthy, I guarantee you, you will not get jacked and lean. Right. So this is the this is the the kind of the conundrum with consistency is just showing up is half the battle, but it's only half the battle. Right. Just showing up doesn't guarantee that you're going to get the thing done. But if you don't, you guaranteed will not get the thing done. So understand that everyone starts somewhere. James was sharing, you know, screenshots of his like, you know, his first video that he ever made or his like uh early days of social media and not having a lot of followers and, and all that kind of stuff. And like, yeah, we all, we all started somewhere. Some of us still feels like we're starting and I'm sure we'll always forever feel like we're at the beginning. And if I could only get to that next step and if I could only, you know, get to whatever, which is another thing, like you're, you're also, this is, I didn't, this is a bonus one here, but, uh, you've already accomplished goals that you said would make you happy. And so accomplishing that next goal really give us, give yourself a think of whether that's going to make you happy or not. Like find a way to be happy and then still accomplish the goal because you already said you'd be happy last time and now you're on the other side and you're still not happy. So something's got to give there. Um, that's a bonus one for you, but back to the consistency, like, you know, everyone, everyone starts somewhere. 
everyone's everyone's heading somewhere um and oftentimes the most successful people in fitness and business and whatever they're the ones who didn't stop this can seem kind of i'm not sure the word here but kind of silly because obviously they didn't stop if they're still doing it then obviously they didn't stop it's the people who stopped or like failed at doing the thing or ran out of money or ran out of you know, whatever, ran some issues that they couldn't keep going. And so like, obviously, whoops, but um, the people who are successful, the people who follow through on the thing, they are the ones who, who get it done. Consistency beats everything else because you can try and optimize a goal to the nth degree. You can try and fiddle with it. And if I play with my macros just a little bit if I get five more grams of carbs and in two more two less grams of fat and if I get five more grams of protein at, at three minutes after my workout and like you can you can try and do all that stuff and sure those things can matter and the the the, the greater your goals are the more fine-tuning needs to be done like let's not discount that I'm being silly with like the numbers that I was saying there and whatever but if you're not doing anything it doesn't matter if you're not even consistent at showing up in the gym for three shitty workouts a week then forget trying to optimize it. Like get in the gym, do three shit workouts, get in the gym, do three, five minute walks a week. Like start there for some people. That's, that's a legit starting point for some people. For some people, you don't even go in the gym. For some people, you drive to the gym, sit in the parking lot for five minutes, drive home. That's it. That's step one. Do that for a week. Next week, drive to the gym, go in the gym, buy gym membership, go home. Next week, drive to the gym, Go in the change room, change your clothes, change your clothes back, go home. Next week, go in the gym, change your clothes, get on the treadmill, five, 10 minutes, go home. And then slowly, you build up that habit. Now, all of a sudden, after a couple months, you've been going to the gym three times a week. Bang. It's part of your schedule, part of your lifestyle. Now you can start working out. Now you've hit the weights. You, you got off the treadmill. You got out of the cardio bunny section. You're, you're in the weight room. You've, you've made a gym friend and, and a real gym friend, by the way, real, true gym friends you don't even know their name it's always just a what's up bro fist bump you talk you have conversations but you don't even know their name most of the, like the gym friends gym guys i don't i i think i might i could guess their name but i don't i'm not 100 percent sure what their name is just an aside but be consistent you got to find ways to be consistent and this is you know now this covers everything else all the other lessons right Find ways to instill discipline. Find ways to remove the barriers. Find ways to not be scared of the decision that you need to make. Make sure that you're aligned with the cost of what you're doing. Lean into your insecurities so you know what to aim at. If you have thoughts, close the loops. Get the things done that you said you were going to done and then most get done. And then most importantly, do the thing. Because anything but doing the thing is not doing the thing. And if you're not being consistent at doing the thing, you're not going to get what you want. Massively uh, appreciative of uh, both James Smith and Chris Williamson. If you somehow are unfamiliar with them or don't follow them on their various platform platforms, um, please do. They're both great sources of, of information, both fitness and business and life and, and everything in between. And uh, and I appreciate both of them. It was, it was great to, to see them, get to shake their hand um, and, and hear them speak in, in that format. Um, and I hope to you know be able to do something like that someday in the future as well, myself. Um, while you're following them, make sure you're following me. Send this podcast to your friends. Tag 
James and, and Chris, if you if you liked it, maybe they'll see it, maybe not. If you didn't like it, don't tag them because that's not cool. <laughs> um, five star review, rating on iTunes, Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube if you're not subscribed. All that good stuff. Um, yeah, that's it. Appreciate each and every one of you. Go outside, be a good person. See you next time.